Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics oh. Show cast. Love Podcast 8 Nonsense, the Politics Show podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! <laughs> Goddamn right. Goddamn right. Sure is. Ed Campbell. Hello. Dragon Boy. Yes, that's me. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing very well, thank you. Good. Did, you say, did you say your name? I've noticed we don't really introduce ourselves on the podcast. I very introduce often. you guys. No yeah, one but, says my name. But you just, you're just <laughs> unnamed narrator. Well, it's because Politics Joe. Je suis. <laughs> yeah, first name. Uh, Ava Santina. Hi. How are you? A lot better. Yeah? yeah. Feeling better? Yeah, I'd like to thank um, the editor of the last video that we did here. So every time that I either wipe my nose or I sneeze, <laughs> it's on camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was me. Yeah, I was like, I was there's a point where I sneeze and like you get the whole thing. <laughs> what the? In slow mo, in perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to say that I spent a lot of time editing that, but I uh, really just in point, out point, absolutely, and export. It's got to be that. done. Yeah. yeah. There's one point where I go, okay, don't look at me. I'm just gonna like blow my nose, <laughs> and the camera's like. <laughs> <laughs> Someone rushed in to adjust the lens. Yeah. <laughs> Hard zoom in. That was me. Um, how was everyone's weekend? They were good. Yeah? Yeah. They were good. You speaking for Ava as well? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Ed doesn't talk to us on the weekend. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, no, we did actually. This yeah, you texted really me good. yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, I and I replied. You texted me on Saturday night as well. I was so confused when I read that the next morning because I'd forgotten I replied to you. Oh, God. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they were good. Um, I won a pub quiz last night. Brag. Mega mind over him. Absolutely. Yeah? I'm sure did. Yeah, seventy-five pound bar tab, not to be. Oh wow, that is. Not it used to be, to be fifty quid in cash, and which between like six of you, that's actually like a pretty annoying amount. So what we used to do was we'd go to the nearest London cocktail club and have a two-for-one cocktail, 
but we, we couldn't do that because it was a seventy-five pound bar tab. So, so what you just drank in the bar you were in? That's no, because the last the last orders were like five to ten. It was bizarre. Okay. But that means you could you drink for free at the next pub yeah. quiz, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Where yeah. is it? I don't know that these freaks know. I'll, t- I'll tell you off camera. I don't want to be inundated. What well, do you think they're going to follow you there? Yeah, probably. Let me, you know, the airheads. Yeah, the airheads are they, going to be they filling are legion. out. They're oh, legion. Yeah. They'll be there. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. And then they might win. That'd <laughs> be embarrassing. Oh, you don't want to, you don't want to pollute no, the, the, no, the, the pub quiz pool. That yep. would be really funny if someone turned up just to troll you in the pub quiz. Yeah, That's like the beast incredible. from the chain. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I will have my vengeance for his lukewarm left wing takes. They're called like Paul Jonathan. Like. Oh, God. Yeah, no, that wouldn't be great. How was everyone else's weekend? Did Good. you win any quizzes? Uh, no. I, in, I inhaled too much lead. Oof. Not, I didn't have the, the recommended daily amount of lead. I had too much lead. Oh, no. Yeah. So that was good. Mm. Stripping the paint off a banister. You take me as well the weekend. Asked about SWG. Oh, there's a lie. Eva just lied about how much we all talk to each other at the weekend. It is a rarity for me to text you the weekend. Yeah. It's a rarity for me to text you full stop. I hate talking to you. That's fair. I don't know why you continue to employ me then. <laughs> but um, how was the radio? Good, yeah. It's all right. Did you talk about SWG3? I did, yeah. That's what all it takes me to ask about SWG3, the club in Glasgow. Yes, someone uh, died after being at a rave on New Year's Day at SWG3. There's been uh, three deaths there in the last four months, actually. Two, two 18 year olds uh, drug related and they're not sure whether this most recent one is so hmm. yeah heavy story very heavy not the sort of thing we usually open this podcast with but, no. but, there, we, <laughs> <laughs> but there we go um, well I had a big crane outside mine all weekend good good they pivot shut, they shut the road yeah and they'll, it, it was the biggest crane you've ever seen it was parked like right outside my front door the biggest the, it was so big I reckon it was like I'm gonna go with 25 stories high. Twi- it was so big. What, was there a lift attached to it or did the person have to climb up? What? How does, the driver, how does the driver get up? Yeah, like a ladder in the middle. Ooh, 25 I stories high. I don't ladder. know, but they were moving it Light last work. night. <laughs> Light work for me, mate. Me, me on the, the ladder machine. <laughs> <laughs> they were moving it last night and that's one of five pieces of it. Can you see it? It's substantial. It's a really big crane. Do you have a building that requires a 25 story They're building crane? a building. Next to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was really cool. I was just standing outside on Saturday morning like, look at that. Would you like to be a crane driver? No. Um, Lonely. I'd love to go up a crane. Do you remember that story? I feel like I was in school when it happened. Someone sleptwalked to the end of a crane. What? Oh, come off it. Yeah, yeah, they climbed up. It was in their sleep. That doesn't pass the bullshit test. In their sleep, yeah, they yeah. climbed they to the slept, top and on the end of a crane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How did they circumnavigate the security measures? That, do you know, I can actually tell you, from that crane being outside my house, if I'd wanted to get on that crane yesterday, I could have done. Why didn't you? I told you, 2005, Sleepwalker found snoozing on crane. Told you. <laughs> That's just, and uh, we believe him. We believe this in Twitter. <laughs> oh, I just woke up here. Oh. oh my God. <laughs> They're like shimmying down the crane. Tip. He's like closing his eyes pretending to be asleep. He's about to, ro- he's about to Sir, roll over. please come here. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to come and get me. <laughs> it's like, the you know, the, the people building the Rockefeller yeah. centre sitting on the beam. He's fast asleep. <laughs> like, probably like Ebenezer Scrooge hat. <laughs> Teenage girl. 
rescued after being found fast asleep on a the arm of a 130 foot crane above the ground. That's so much more suspicious than just sleepwalking. Surely, surely that's like a botched How murder. Would you ever sleep again? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. It's too risky. <laughs> you might just wake up at the end of a fucking crane. <laughs> <laughs> you wake up on your base jumping. Yeah. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> <laughs> it's also what if you're a restless sleeper? It'd be a nightmare. You ever slept walk? No, never. Has you anybody... strike me as someone who might sleep talk. Um, I don't think I do necessarily. <laughs> a little... How would how would he know? If yeah. You well, no one has ever told me that's sleep talk. I don't think. I was sleep, um, like, groaning. <laughs> Good. <laughs> after, uh, after the Christmas, um, when I did, like, five shows in a row on LBC and I was absolutely knackered, I was... You were taking calls? <laughs> <laughs> Peter, what do, you, what do you want to say? <laughs> no. Um, I was asleep in my in-law's living room. And I was like just nodding off. You don't like, even get a bed there. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like 11 a.m. And every time oh I was like falling asleep, I was just going like. <laughs> <laughs> and they all found it fucking hilarious. They didn't stop me. They were just sat there watching, laughing at me. In fairness, that's really funny. Uh, I came to and they're all staring. You know, when you wake up and there's like five people staring at you. Uh-huh. I'm sure that's something you, <laughs> we all have a great deal of experience. Uh, you know, when you wake up, you're at the end of a crane. Five people staring There's at five you. Five police officers stood over you. You know what to do. Wake up! <laughs> um, have we done your weekend? Have we done that yet? Should we move on we've, to the? We've covered the crane. We, yeah. Yes. What, what do we all think about dry January? Uh well. For wet cunts, isn't it? Yeah, we've enough. <laughs> I think we've already got too many not drinking festivals. We've got sober October. We've got Ramadan. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know that's not just a Ramadan thing, right? You know, that's thing, just being Muslim. No, no, it's uh, they don't drink. They don't drink during it. So, <laughs> Eid. You do you don't you drink during Eid? No, if you're celebrating Eid, you don't drink. I oh, fuck. Uh, you know what? I love a lot, you. A lot of people do. I genuinely love you. <laughs> Thank you, know you. That. No, no pre-discussion before the podcast. You know what we're going to do? We're going to do the, the Islam jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't prepare yourself. I think that's. I think it was a fine Islam joke. To be honest with you, I wouldn't have said it. Don't have the guts otherwise. You've got the potential now to get a GB News slot. If oh you yeah. Are. <laughs> <laughs> the most mild <laughs> GB News. You can't thing. say that anymore. Can't say oh, that. You can't say. You can't say they don't drink during Ramadan anymore. <laughs> Um, do you yeah. think it's a joke? Do I think it's what Islam? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think Islam's a joke. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see people just quietly not drink and not tell people about it. That's fine. Yeah, you, you've been experimenting with sobriety recently. Yeah, just drink less, but I don't like make it a whole thing. Doing that, I'm actually quite hungover today. <laughs> so maybe that's why I'm so against dry January. Mm. It's kind of like it's like, it's like Did you drink at the pub quiz. Yeah. I uh, three pints in it. Fuck me up more than you think it would. Really? Yeah. Would you say you're having a wet January? Extremely. Mm. But I think it fucking rain over here. Mm. But I think it's also well because people just do dry January and they just drink as much as they did before. So it's not. Yeah. not going to do four weeks of not drinking is just like going to be. You're almost like punishing yourself if you enjoy it. I think. Um, I think, and I'm not talking about the extremes of this with with people who actually have a problem with alcohol, but I do think that there is something quite odd about having to tell all of your family and friends that you're not drinking mm. right now. Just don't do it. I think it does highlight the kind of um, 
how ubiquitous drinking is in British society is the fact, like as, as I'm sure you will have noticed, spending a bit of time not drinking, the amount of time you will say to someone, no, I'm not, or oh, mm-hmm. actually, no, I'm not going to come to the pub because I'm not drinking. It is fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's so much of the socialising we do. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't have to drink there. That's the... No, but I suppose the other thing is, I suppose in a pub, it is less fun to be in a pub when you're not drinking versus like being in someone's living room. What if there is a chessboard available? <laughs> okay. Right. Well, that's more fun. Then a, a, then that's a different... Put a chessboard there, I'll have a fucking great time. <laughs> but that's a different um, set of circumstances. Then you're there to play chess and then that's diverting. But if you're just like sitting having a chat and you're not drinking, it's preferable to do that in like someone's living room rather than just like... No. No? No. No? What? Do you not like going to your friends' houses? No. Really? I prefer so to go to the pub. This fucking podcast. I prefer, yeah, I prefer, no, but I, I, I would prefer to go to the pub always. There's only one friend I have where I like going to her house, but because we can, we sit in silence comfortably, you know? I think that's the mark of true friendship, you know? Go to someone's house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm still waiting. Ding dong. <laughs> No, being able to sit in each other's company and not say anything. Yeah. We should experiment with that on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, we've just got... An hour. Could you imagine <laughs> we've just got 45 minutes of silence <laughs> to prove how good friends we are. Who cracks first? Me. I, I would have to say something about myself, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went to... Speaking of me, I went to <laughs> an incredible pub on Saturday night. Did you pub? see the picture of the till that I posted? No. Oh my god. This pub, it was in it was the pub in Ashes to Ashes. I don't um, remember the pub in Ashes to Ashes. I watched it, but I don't remember it. They filmed that. Look at this till. Oh wow. I can see that you've written don't say anything. <laughs> you don't want you don't like the till? Can you not? (laughs) I hate this. Please, can you stop? Why are you doing this? Losing my mind. This is not the way I thought that would go. I thought you'd just keep talking about the till. This is like, you've got your sister's younger than you, isn't she? She is. Did you used to just like annoy her because you could? I once made my sister (coughs) jump out of a moving car. (laughs) (laughs) I was already displaying like evil mastermind shit. Uh, I was like six. Oh my God. Yeah. How old was she? Four. Oh my. I had an an elasticated like eye patch Mm -hmm. that I was pinging and releasing into into her leg. Um, in the back of the car I'm really leaving school and I drew it back and was like I will do this unless you jump out of the car <laughs> and she fucking just opened the door and teed out how fast was the car going? Oh, I can't, can't have been any more than 20 miles an hour <laughs> oh my <laughs> probably less but that felt very like annoying your sister but what was just the table? Well, it was more. I I was hoping you would pick up on it as a bit because when she, when Ava said, "Oh, you won't," 
I'll just fill the silence. I thought it'd be funny if we just left the silence. Yeah, no, true. But you did, like, with no subtlety, grab a Sharpie and write the instructions. I did actually try and communicate it to you by hand signs, but you didn't see. No, I didn't, sorry. Yeah. My BSL isn't great. Makes me feel really well respected. Fuck. Makes me feel well respected as a colleague. (laughs) (laughs) So on this one, you've ignored me. On the last podcast, you said, I'm the most annoying person you know with a Twitter account. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't look great. You might be getting another suspension, aren't you? (laughs) What? You're suspended for the the joke from last podcast, but... I can can recuse myself. I can step aside if you guys want to pod. No, should we do? Should we do? Should we do some stuff that we've written down? I think we probably should, <laughs> rather than riff for any more Islam jokes. <laughs> Laura, have you got any? <laughs> I'm really impressed that you decided to do that. Yeah, I thought I thought of it last night and been thinking about it. Is that oh, when you set it up and said, "Is it anyone doing Dry January?" Yeah, that was that set was, up for your yeah, so fucking hell. Wow. Last night when I was drinking three beers. Like, this is what great. Do you think? <laughs> Better do this on Ramadan. They <laughs> don't know what they're missing out on. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5 in 1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Not another one. It's the politics show. Cast. Joey Barton? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been able to move for his tweets over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. They're attacking you in real life. It's because I am a straight white man Mm -hmm. and therefore I am under attack. Mm -hmm. As he famously tweeted. Mm. What do we make of that as a line of argument? He's a straight white man and he's under attack. I think, ultimately, if you are an ex-footballer and you can't even get a token role as professional controversy merchant on talk sport you must be the least pleasant person to work with mm. of all time think about like the like jamie o'hara is as a regular on talk sport joey barton played at a much higher level of football than jamie o'hara did and jamie o'hara is regular on talk sport and joey barton just need, must be like a nightmare to work with so if you're trying to get this as your only source of income then the kind of thing i think with him is um He's like he's he he failed as as a manager, right? He got sacked sacked from Bristol Rovers, sacked mm. from Fleetwood. Is this just a grift? Yeah, Is it? I think so. That's simple. I think so. It's, I, think it's, I think it's quite. If all of a sudden in the past two months, if that we've not really heard anything from Joey Barton, not football related, 
and now he's like, shit, I need some attention. We're going, was it the James English podcast he went on? Was that the beginning of it? Yeah. Where he talks about his brother getting into a scrap. Oh my God. When he was involved in a, his, his brother was involved in a racist murder. So, yeah, they, um, him, his brother and his, <coughs> his, his mate, there was a, a, young, a young black guy called Anthony Walker who's walking home one of his friends uh, to, the, to the bus stop. And they shouted the N-word at him and chased him. And uh, they, they buried an ice, ice axe in his head uh, so hard that the doctors couldn't remove it. Uh, they struggled to remove it up to the hilt. Um, Anthony died in hospital uh, a day later. And for that, Joey Barton's brother did 17 years in prison. And Joey Barton spoke about that on the James English podcast. And he referred to it as getting in a scrap. He said his brother had lost 17 years of his life as a result of some idiot bringing in ice axe to a scrap. I think that tells you all you need to know, really, about the, the character of someone like Joey Barton, doesn't mm. it? And it's kind of ironic, actually, that he's going off talking about how, uh, how white men are under attack when his brother literally did 17 years in prison for a racist attack. Yeah. It kind of illustrates the, uh, the stupidity of what he's saying, mm. I think. It's difficult to engage with because he is just operating so outside the realms of reason. Mm. That is the most ridiculous thing I think I've, I've ever heard. Mm. I yeah. don't even know how to respond to it. Mm. And I suppose also, well, he's looking for people to engage with him, to engage back with. So there's every chance he could take the three of us, slacking him off, and then use that for his own ends and be like, well, these three softy liberals don't understand the plight of regular white men mm. and re repackage it. I think it becomes like a snake eating its tail at some point. I think I, recognizing and saying there's two facets of it in, in that he embodies or he's trying to embody like the an underclass almost of like maligned white men. It's the same kind of side of the coin of like minister for men kind of speak, but in a much much more in a much more controversial like extreme way. So there's that element of it, but then it's also he's just being a controversial merchant to get appearances on on the media for which he'll receive a fee, and he's also launching a podcast. Yeah, well. I mean, that's that, important thing. That's, that's important thing to this. The whole thing's an advert for his podcast. Yeah, it's yeah. so painfully transparent. Mm. All of the comments on female pundits. It's it, it's <clears throat> it's actually just quite. It, he's not saying anything new. No, we've we've heard this many times before, but then I think it's the the sort of complex that happens to a lot of these men who suddenly um, eat themselves on a public forum, and it's that they have been set up to succeed in the industry that they are operating in, but they have failed at it. So as you said, so he hasn't been a successful manager and he hasn't been a successful commentator. He's failed. So he looks around and he goes, well, why the hell are they able to do it? Mm. It must be, not because I'm not very good, but mm. it must be because there's some it's, kind yeah. of... <laughs> it's like he can't... It's, it, his own inadequacy could not possibly be an explanation for it. Mm. Like, <laughs> he, 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 can't, he can't cope with or ex accept that fact you know and I'm, I'm assuming as well if you play football at like an elite level you probably get pretty used to thinking you are like the bee's knees mm. absolutely everything so then when you can't make it as a manager and when you can't make it as a commentator or a pundit you're left going well you know well it must be because I'm a white bloke you know rather than actually it's because you're not you're not very good you're not very you're not good at managing you're not very interesting to listen to I don't know did you watch he did um when this all first started a couple of months ago he did like an interview Piers, Piers did him and I watched it before doing this and it's it's actually quite painful listening to him speak really yeah he I, it, it, I find it bizarre because i don't know if you remember he did question time i think it might, it might have been about 10 years ago 
and he oh, he was like he was like a people's philosopher yes, kind of yeah vibe. literally he was giving people were like he's like some kind of fucking philosopher king mm. right and actually when you watch back that performance he says something like that voting for ukip is like effectively like pulling the ugliest girl in the club or like after being rejected four times or, or something like that it was it probably got away with making remarks like that because it was kind of in that sort of naughty early teens sort of like lad culture mm-hmm. entry level fucking laughs. yeah misogyny yeah. shit but actually the good signs... form for it question time <laughs> <laughs> and um you, you, I mean I guess that you could see that the signs were there that about, about that kind of en- entry level key stage one type sexism then but then I was watching him do Piers recently and he just he, was so, he wasn't, couldn't answer a question you know, it was like Piers would ask him something, and he would answer. He would say his answer would just have nothing to do with the question that he was asked. He he does seem to be really out of his depth mm. in a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Talking, yeah, <laughs> the waking hours. <laughs> in a sentence of more than four words. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Ed, Ed, the point, the one you were making about kind of the attention economy around this, mm-hmm. and like how it becomes a cycle, snake eating itself. Um, and I saw, Ava, you said something similar on Twitter as well at the weekend. I'm sort of in, in, in two minds about talking about him because I think on the one hand, you're absolutely right. You know, the more, the more you talk about him, the more you're giving him what he wants, right? You're giving him the attention. You're fulfilling that, like, you know, Joey Barton exists and he's got a podcast coming out. And also, if people didn't know he was saying this stuff, mm-hmm. you're also signposting the fact that he is saying it out yeah. there. But I also, think it's, I also think it's important to sort of engage critically with people who say things like that because... You know, there are other people out there who want to sort of understand what the arguments are or how to combat someone who's saying that sort of thing. It's sort of a... I don't necessarily know, know what the answer is, but I just sort of wanted to, to provoke that question and, and, and open the conversation about sort of the place for talking about things like that when they say it. Mm. Well, I think you're a better place to answer that. I, I just... I'm kind of oscillate, I oscillate between what you're saying and not... and starving him of oxygen. I just... He just seems to have an inexhaustible surplus of time. He's just... <laughs> Well, he's been sad. He's not busy. He's got no football to coach. You know how they were like, um, I don't know, like Stephen Hawking was just experiencing time differently. You know, he was just experiencing more hours in the day. Like, that's him, but on Twitter. Because I'll like, I'm on Twitter a lot. And I'm like, how have you knocked out 11, 11 <laughs> think pieces before 9 a.m.? Is it, is it a think piece when, when you're calling any Aluko Rose West? <laughs> It's also... She shouldn't have killed all those children. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a scourge of child murderers being employed <laughs> by ITV. No one's saying anything no one's about saying it. Anything. Could you imagine if he was actually blowing the whistle on this? <laughs> he was, he, he, like, 20 years down the line, operate, Operation Utree, it's actually true. Any Aluko is a serial killer. Barton tried to tell us and we didn't listen. We didn't listen that ITV was giving her... Tens of children. feeding her, feeding her children. Yeah, that's actually what the relation was. It's <laughs> also, if it's not that, what is the metaphor there? Like, were Fred and Rose West, they're bad people. Football pundits. <laughs> they probably weren't very good football pundits. Yeah, that's what it. That's what he's saying. Dread, dreadful football is pundits. It, yeah. it's, it's, is it not that they're murdering? They're murdering the broadcast. That's that's what he's trying. That's what he's doing. Though, is yes, it? it's it's not great. It's not brilliant. I don't know literature, is it? But yeah, it's actually not a bad. Um, <laughs> Metaphor when you really break it down. He probably didn't mean that at all. <laughs> oh, this is the Rose West of dinners. Yes. <laughs> this is absolutely... Oh! This is... 
They wouldn't tell you that. They wouldn't let you say that anymore. <laughs> that date was an absolute rose west. It was awful. <laughs> oh, I fretted it. <laughs> I absolutely fretted it. Didn't he change the serial killer? What? He said it wasn't Rose West anymore, it was someone else. What, like, the Moore's murderer or something? Or are they the Moore's murderers? No, that's Sutcliffe, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Um, all of these fantastic characters in Gavin and Stacey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's good Easter egg. All the characters' names are... Blew my name. dad's mind over Christmas. Shipman. That's a good one. He actually sat up. He, he sat up and went... Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do they have a uh, old Shipman character? Gavin Shipman. Yeah. Gavin's surname is Shipman. I did not know that. Yeah. And then um, the Dawn, she's Sutcliffe, right? I think Dawn so. and Pete are Sutcliffe. That's on the nose. Her name's Pete Sutcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one got that. No one got it. What's Stacey's surname? Shipman. When she comes. oh, eh, her maiden name. Are they the Wests? Could be. That sounds right. Case no. Kissinger. <laughs> Stacy the Golden State Killer. <laughs> the Zodiac Killer. Stacy Zodiac. Why is it just an English? I might be compl- I'm going completely off piece here. Is it an English thing, this like, obsession with serial killers? You know the way that like no. Fred, and Rose, Fred and Rose West occupy, they certainly occupy like a large space in Twitter discourse. Like they are for sure they're no, there. Oh, and like, I wonder is there is there something unique about that? Not like not of course like think about the American true crime industrial complex. Or the fact that they made a, a, a film about Ted Bundy in which Zac Efron starred in it. People were like, oh, Ted Bundy, he <laughs> was so, so attractive. He's so sexy. Such a shame about the murders. <laughs> he's so sexy. People used to... Um, I didn't. I never thought that looking at the photos of Bundy. But he's handsome. I don't think... Is he handsome? Clean, clean cut. He doesn't look like Zac Efron, that's for sure. No, but I suppose Zac Efron... If Zac Efron shouldn't be allowed to play anyone real then, because Zac Efron was much better looking than anyone he <laughs> You played. are far too handsome, sir. <laughs> But also the 70s hair it does distort a man's face. It's very difficult to carry off that hair. True. Like, do you ever get the ick looking at, like, the guys from ABBA? Yeah, I know what you mean. I guess. Yeah. I've yeah. never looked at the people in ABBA in that way. But I can't think of them <laughs> any other way. They occupy a platonic space in Well, I can mind. only think, do they look like Ted Bundy or not? That's a metric of a yeah. man. A self-defense mechanism. I saw um, over Chris, Zac Efron post. I didn't realize that um, he was in a film with Jeremy Allen White. Yeah. Iron Claw. You love Jeremy Allen White. That's well, the second time you've spoken about him today. Yeah, well. Yeah, fucking hell. We all saw the Calvin yeah. Klein advert. We did see the Calvin Klein advert, but in Iron Claw, he's also topless and yoked. Uh-huh. The bigger, entire time. Bigger, if anything. Yeah. It's insane the size he gets. For... I'm not a big fan of yoked. Not for you. As a word, or do you mean... On the, the masculine No, you know, body. I mean, my, my type is um, mid and can Just write mid. well. <laughs> yeah. Ugly men who write well. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, I have, I have a friend whose self-confessed preference for men is goblin men. Who's a goblin man? Well, I can't tell you now. Like Jarvis Cocker? Yeah, that would be a good example. Yeah. Do I know exactly what you're talking yes, about? Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, sorry, my friend isn't you. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Yeah. Wait a minute, this sounds familiar. This is two on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I think I know who your friend is then. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. I think you know who the goblin person is as well, actually. 
Okay, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's infuriating for the listeners. It is, yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether we claim this segment or not, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Um, is Joey Barton popular because, and when I say popular, because these tweets are getting like tens of thousands of likes, mm-hmm. right? So do we chalk that up to being he's speaking for a silent majority? Do we chalk that up to fucking culture war bot accounts? amplifying it in our timelines do we think that there are there is actually like a significant portion of people in society who are agreeing with what he has to say i think you have to recognize there are people who agree with the sentiment and but also recognize that there are people like i which i think joe barton is actually doing who are willing to um take advantage of the grievance politics for their own ends i think that that is a it's a a perfect storm of there's a you recognize there's an audience for culture war nonsense People who scream at the telly when they see a woman, and it's it's in any circumstance, not just in football, and realise that you could probably make quite a lot of cash from it. Mm. Mm. But th- I was thinking earlier that there are people I don't like on TV as much as he doesn't like women on TV, but I have neither the time nor the will to tweet about it all the time. You know, mm-hmm. like I get very angry at certain. Maiden Chelsea people. <laughs> yep. Sam Prince, you're a Fred West! <laughs> you are the Fred West of constructed reality television! You murdered season 16 of MIC! Yeah. That's, that's really like my... I, I wish I didn't have that, because mm. it bothered, whenever I see them on anything, like, I don't know, even Steph's packed lunch... On a weekend, I'll be like, what the hell are they doing on there? But I wouldn't go to Twitter to talk about it. Do you watch much linear TV? Um, No. Hmm. I I do, I catch things, I I watch the Sunday shows and then so I catch bits afterwards, you know? Mm -hmm. What about you? No, I've I've become more normie. I put put a, a TV in my bedroom recently. And so I'll often wake up and just sort of stick breakfast on. Mm -hmm. You know, in a way that like when, I don't know if if you'd ever like stay over at one of your mates' houses on a school night and then you'd go into the living room in the morning and then the BBC breakfast just be yep. like on the telly because like the dad's been awake since 4.30 in the morning and sort of just left it on. Screaming about women in football. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I couldn't sleep! That bloody Nagaman Chessy telling me about the news is disgusting! <laughs> disgusting! Area should never have won sports the nationality of the year! <laughs> um, and so I have become more normie in that way. But no, before, I never watched linear TV. Never. Never? In your whole life? No, I did, obviously, when I was younger, but since I moved and sort of... It was all, like, you know, on demand. It's Netflix. I like going to my parents' house and watching linear television. It seems like a really, like, something I only do. It's a throwback, isn't it? It's, yeah. It always feels safe. I, I, I do that at my nans. When you get to, like, the 5pm, like, game show, mm. two hours. It's a good time. Yeah. There's, is on. there's something very grandparent-coded about, like, a really hot room. Because they've got the winter fuel allowance. <laughs> like, extremely hot room and Emmerdale. Like. You know, seemingly the target audience for BBC Two, if you're making a, a program for BBC Two, your target audience is like 69. <laughs> yeah. It's 69 ing as they're watching it, sorry. <laughs> the average age is 70. But not during Ramadan. <laughs> Perhaps, I don't know, as long as they're not drinking. I think that's the most dangerous thing you've ever done on Campbell is introducing Ramadan jokes to this podcast. <laughs> I'm not introducing Ramadan jokes. Don't you, say you it like did. that. You did. No, I didn't. You did. I'm not jokes. 
if the fucking supreme leader puts a fatwa on us, it's your fault. Oh, God. Who's the oh, supreme sorry, this leader? Is the I, Rose West. <laughs> this is, um, see, at the pub quiz last night, it was like, there was a picture around, and it was like, who are these people? And one of them was Salman Rushdie. And, <laughs> but we were marking the thing. Someone put it was Pope Francis. <laughs> <laughs> And it wasn't, they, they, a couple of times, they put Pope Francis for an answer, and it, it, none of it was right. What do you think that is? Do you think that's just a, that's like a, their safe word or something? They saw a man with glasses, I think, a bold man with glasses. That's actually a, that's a really funny safe word, but Pope not, Francis. Who? He's not white. Who? The, Salman Rushdie. But um, Pope Francis is as, like, as if, like the, defining, the defining thing about Pope Francis is that he has glasses. But he's, got, he's fairly like, he's Argentinian, so he's not like super white. He's not like us. Does he have an eye patch? No, I think if you don't know, if you don't know who Salman Rushdie is, you're never against yeah, it. Yeah, but you know who the Pope is. <laughs> Surely. <laughs> but like, I didn't, I Was don't it know. a recent photo of Salman Rushdie? Yeah, you know, had, if like, it had the had eye like patch. a covered eye thing. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 should, I really should have been... Um, oh, they also had a, their team name. I thought this was in poor taste, actually. And I'm the, ar- I'm, I'm the, ar- yeah, <laughs> I'm the arbiter of, of taste, apparently, on this <laughs> podcast. It was like Oscar Pistorius' out party or something like that. See, no. That's no. No, you know, no. I don't like that. No, I thought it was quite like... Would you not yeah, go for Oscar Pistorius? Yeah, that's what I disagreed with. That was my only issue with it. I can't explain it, but I think it's perfectly fine to jest about Rose West, but it's not about Oscar Pistorius. And I, I don't know why there... Is there a reason for that? Time horizon? Maybe. Maybe because it was like, is it one's a tragedy and larger numbers of statistics? What, and Rose West is not a tragedy? No, but as in like... Is, is, Sorry, are you, you fucking <laughs> quoting Stalin? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I am. But as in like... The, 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 like yeah, what about it? Yeah. Well, you were, you were alive for the Oscar Pistorius thing. And you know the story of Rena Steenkamp, whereas what the friend Rose West was in the seventies. None of us were alive. We don't. We weren't there for like the fear element of it, like the news reporting of it. It's history. So yeah. Was, pa- yeah. So we're detached from it. Yeah. I'm actually a ginormous fan of an inc- an incredibly poor taste pub quiz. Then, like ideally, news story that week. Yeah. Something deeply insensitive that the MC has to read out in the pub full of people, I have so much time for. I agree with that, but I don't, I actually don't even think that's funny. Oscar Pistorius's I've also, get I've, out I've, jail. I've misremembered mis- it. It was like something to do with Oscar Pistorius, but it was something in poor taste. It's kind of like the Ricky Gervais furor that was, have you watched it? Yeah, I have, yeah. Did you like it? Uh, I thought it was terrible. I thought it was terrible. Yeah. And I, I, I don't mean morally, I think it was like unfunny. Yes, that's what unfunny. I mean. And it's like, okay, Call me disgust, like sick, but I was thinking there's so much around this. This is going to be really funny, and it wasn't. That's I think that's the really disappointing thing about him and Chappelle, um, both of their both of their specials is that first of all, previously their material has been incredibly good, but I I think both of them actually are better TV writers than they are stand up comedians. Um, but there are ways to do jokes about race, about trans rights, about whatever that don't make fun of the actual people themselves. Mm-hmm. You can there there are ways to be funny about it that don't involve you um mercilessly targeting someone with less power than you. Although I I'm actually entirely unsure about whether the power dynamic is the most relevant thing. But nonetheless, neither of the the specials did that, I thought. I thought it it really was like the most entry level Chappelle had jokes about like um disabled people at his gigs and one of them was like they sit at the back because that's where that's where they wheel it's just like, oh that's where disabled people sit. Yeah. Like, it's not like 
oh, that's incredibly funny, you know. It's bizarre, it's just an odd punching bone. Have you watched Shane Gillis' special? No. He's, I think he's quite good at that. You can tell he makes jokes about people of different races, but it comes, you can tell it's a place of, like, empathy, almost, or, like, respect. I think you can tell he, like, likes the people that he's talking about. Mm. At least there's, like, there's like a, at least a, it's not, like, he doesn't other them. It's, like, an inclusive, like, we're all part of, like, the human fabric. We can all laugh at each other kind yeah. of thing, rather than, like, you are an other and you are there to be laughed at. Like, I said laughed with. The, the whole thing with, with Gervais, and I think there's actually a lot of comedians you can say this about now, the whole bit is almost like, oh, they'll try and cancel me for saying this one. Mm -hmm. um, and they sort of, they draw like imaginary lines in the sand for the, that they're then going to cross. And there's, there's literally, there's one bit in the Ricky Gervais special where he goes, oh, I've just thought of a joke. He clearly obviously hasn't thought of it. It's a bit, but he's like, oh, I've just thought of a joke. Oh, no, I'm not going to say that. It's too offensive. I, oh, I won't, I won't say it. Will I say it? Ooh, will I say it? And he does say it. And the joke is essentially like about a pedo trying to bait a Chinese kid with a puppy. But the, the kid goes, no, thanks. I'm not hungry. You know, it's like, so, <laughs> so, so, you know, the joke is Chinese people eat dogs, right? But with an added layer of like pedophilia in there. And it's like the most tired racial stereotype, yeah. right? It's like hackneyed. It's fucking awful. And then the whole time he's going, well, you know, see that line in the sand? Guess who just walked over it? Oh, oh it's me. Yeah. He's not mortified. No, he's not mortified. And then the audience is obviously there like. Jimmy Carr did it too. Jimmy Carr did. Oh, yeah. He did a weird like six or seven minute preamble for his Netflix special where he was explaining to the American audience that he was going to be drawing lines in the sand and then crossing it and then gave an hour of the most wet flannel content you've ever heard. Like it was, it, it wouldn't even have been shocking to an American audience, you know, like it was, it was just nothing. <laughs> he gave nothing. <laughs> There's, um, Jerry Seinfeld has a line about that where he's like, no, it offends me because I'm a comedian. Like, it offends mm. me because the jokes are so bad. Mm. It's not because you're being, you're being offensive. And I, I sort of think that increasingly it, it applies to that. But I, I don't know, because, you know, simultaneously, and I think about, um, we've mentioned it before, like Finn Taylor, whose comedy is, he makes insanely offensive jokes. But I, but I find them funny. Yeah. He and is very funny. He's great. But I wonder if it's, if, but surely, like, being funny can't, can't justify or be cover. For, for making jokes about things like this. Or maybe it is. But for me, something as subjective as a sense of humour can't justify... Can't be, oh, well, it's okay to make you know, uh, jokes about disabled people because it's funny when you do it. I wonder if it comes down to intent. Because you think of someone like... Compare Finn Taylor to like Roy Chubby Brown. Someone like... Yeah. Finn Taylor, is, I think, again, comes from a place of like ultimate empathy or like inclusiveness as, as well as like maybe like a warped assessment of that. It might be, but like Roy Chubby Brown is like, it's like an othering thing this is going to kill his brand <laughs> Being confused Finn Chubby Taylor brand. is a really inclusive comedian that's <laughs> <laughs> the opposite end of what I want you to say but it's like do you remember um, maybe he'll put this on the tour flyers <laughs> really inclusive yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 inclusive <laughs> he, he submits himself for like some like kind of diversity award yeah <laughs> ally <laughs> ally of the year does not open with disabled joke <laughs> <laughs> do you remember him um, Whitmer Thomas. Yeah. So Whitmer Thomas, American comedian, said, he was talking, I think he was talking about Ch Chappelle doesn't let you bring your phone in to venues in case you record it. And he's like, why? We all know what you're going to say. It's not going to be surprising as, he filmed, as, you, as you filmed Chappelle making a joke about trans people. None of it's going to be shocking. Frank Skinner was on Radio 4 yesterday um, talking about 
the Ricky Gervais debacle of free speech and he was asked, is, is free speech ruining comedy? And he was just like, well, I haven't actually had, I haven't wanted to say something yet that I felt I couldn't say. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious to know what Ricky Gervais would like to say that he feels he, he can't yeah. say. You know, didn't he just win an award, Ricky Gervais? Yesterday oh, yeah, at the Golden got, Globes? Got Golden Globe yeah. Armageddon, yeah. Well, that cancellation's yeah, gone so. well, isn't it? For best. For that? I think, I think it's for Armageddon, yeah. It might have been Afterlife. You must get no, to... it would be Armageddon. Okay, well, Afterlife after was a couple of years ago. But you see, Afterlife was good. Really good. But you must get to a certain point in your career then when they just start handing awards out to you because they'd like you to come to the shows. Maybe. Do you know how much they get in, if you win your gift bag? It's like $500,000 worth of stuff. Really? It's insane. You don't just get a trophy. You get $500,000 worth of products and experiences. Oh, better fucking win a Golden Globe. Than we start entering this through the Golden Globe. Yeah. <laughs> Best short form original series. Half a million pound worth of experiences. What kind of experiences do you think are on offer? It was like, uh, like I charter this super yacht for two weeks and then like $90,000 bottle of wine and stuff. <laughs> Dave, Ch Dave Chappelle and Ricky Gervais will be on the yacht. <laughs> <laughs> Making jokes. Can't say that. No. What category would we win in? Um, limited series? Which, if, if we end the podcast, then it's a limited series. Mm. And then we submit ourselves. Best best Islam jokes? <laughs> oh, that's not category. That's <laughs> what Ricky Gervais won for. No. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> best trio. <laughs> we're up against... What the trios are there? Something about best support. For getting Reform Party into the polls. <laughs> Best stenographers. Most people who know who Reform Party are. <laughs> I enjoyed seeing Killian Murphy with his wife's lipstick all over his face. Yeah. It was nice. Good for him. Yeah. That was that was ultimate wife guy. Mm. Huge wife guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cute. I could have... What? <coughs> Sorry. Neville, say. I just imagine you... That happening to you and you getting really angry about it. <laughs> like, oh, my yeah. <laughs> it's a golden globe. It's my first golden globe. Fucking respect. It's not about you. It's a my night. <laughs> you always have to make it about you. Yeah. <laughs> Following on from the Ed doesn't like it when other people are ill thing. Mm. You've got like a very, I don't think that you like to be touched. I don't think that's true. Or like at all. interfered with. No. All right. Disagree. Well, there was one event. Okay, yeah. Okay, there's one specific circumstance. Yeah, see, that's fine. <laughs> you flinched. <laughs> Look how fine he is with it. Yeah. Right now, listeners, Ollie is leaning across the table and holding Ed Campbell. I would say I'm cupping his bicep. He's cupping his bicep. I would say I'm interfering with Ed Campbell right now. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like it. Interfering is not a normal thing. You don't do this often. It's about the first time you've ever done this. I know. I actually, in my head, was like, will I do this? I'm not sure I like it. <laughs> But I, I think my... You haven't come off yet. No, I'm keeping it. How long <laughs> have we got left to go for? Another 20 minutes? I think I can do that. Yeah, I can do it as well. <laughs> that was convincing. <laughs> do you do this? Like, you don't sit touching your friends very often. Probably when you suck them off. <laughs> but not during Ramadan. <laughs> oh, good God. It's the politics show. Cast. Ava, what's going on with Jeremy Corbyn? The, the Mail on Sunday reported that Jeremy Corbyn is starting a new party with Laura Pidcock, who used to be a Labour MP. She now, she might still be sitting on the um, 
God, that what's that board called? National NEC. Assembly? Was it? What the NEC? No, what was her job? National there? Policy Forum. Momentum? No, she wasn't doing that. Anyway, um, that he was starting his new party and that's how he was going to run into the next election. And there was loads of speculation yesterday, like what will happen to the election if this happens? Anyway, so it's apparently not true. Oh. Do you believe them when they say that? I believe it for the time being. Right. <laughs> the theory being, I believe that he probably will or is considering. So he has his peace and justice party, right? That's what his, it, um, his office is there, it, where this party is, and he does humanitarian work through that organization. It is not outside the realms of possibility that when it comes to the next election, instead of running as an independent MP, he runs as a peace and justice MP, mm -hmm. independent from the Labour Party. But see, he wouldn't want to do that now because he's still currently a member of the Labour Party despite not having the Labour whip. So that means he still gets access to all of the CLP, constituency Labour Party information. The second that you say that you're going to run for another party, you lose your membership. You are expelled from the party. And so he wouldn't want to do it yet. Mm. So it's quite possible that he will do this, but just in a few months' time. But then would that just be him running as a peace and justice candidate? Or do you think it would be spread out to other constituencies with other candidates? I think that there is some... I mean, there's some talk that... I don't know. I guess John... Mac no, he wouldn't run anymore, John McDonnell. I think at one point there was thought that John McDonnell and Diane Abbott and other people who are part of the Socialist Campaign Group, mm -hmm. um, Kate Osborne, those sort of people might link on Kim Johnson mm -hmm. but if they've still got the Labour whip they wouldn't yeah. they wouldn't need to they wouldn't want to yeah because it's, it's also as well they're not not starmerized by any means they've been raised in like Labour tradition that they know and are part of so would you want to abandon that for a new thing necessarily? yeah regardless of regardless of your um, loyalty to Corbyn and Corbynism I think it'd be quite an actually hard sell to current MPs it also depends on how um how far Starmer keeps pushing the um, like the curtailment of the socialist campaign group, right? So if he keeps mm. trying to... So anyone who's been um, very involved in trade unions or has been involved in the socialist wing of the party hasn't been able to get onto the long list during selections um, up and down the country for the next election. It's been very difficult for them to get on and you can... Conspiracy, why that might be, it's because Starmer is trying to move the party further away from the far left, right? Um, if they find themselves in a position where they don't think that they can be MPs anymore or they get deselected, mm -hmm. then that would make sense that they would go over to a peace and justice party that has socialist values. Mm -hmm. But if they can still operate, as they have done for 25 years, under the wing of the Labour Party, why would they bother leaving? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts? No, I, I, I agree with you. I just I, I don't know whether... Strategically, whether it makes a difference for him, whether or not he stands um, as an independent or under the, the banner of his peace and justice project, because you know his merit is as a as a local candidate, isn't it? It's as it's being Jeremy Corbyn, mm -hmm. and I think you know if if you're still going to stand in Islington North against the Labour Party and win, it's not because it says peace and justice after your name; it's because your name is Jeremy Corbyn. If that if that cap counts and carries for much. Um, anymore, and I suspect it probably does. Mm. I suspect it probably does. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's a it's a hard ask to be honest with you that there would be 
defections out of the modern day Labour Party, um, parliamentary Labour Party, towards whatever it's called, you know, this new Corbyn project, because, you know, for the first time in 13 years, you're looking at the realistic pro prospect of Labour government. And I think it would, would be surprising for, for, for them to leave at that moment in time and, and stay in the political wilderness. Maybe, maybe some people would prefer to be in the political wilderness full stop and, you know, um, stick to stick to their the, an exact brand of their own politics. But in reality, party politics doesn't work like that, does it? Mm -hmm. You're never going to find a project that completely accurately reflects your own policy positions. You'll be in a party that has some stuff you do like, some stuff you don't. And I suspect many will take the kind of... Um, you know, the, the long-form view, which is that the exact thing that Starmer wants is to for you to quit the Labour Party because that further consolidates his control of the party. You know, he doesn't want you with your socialist politics within there, you know, muddying the waters at party conferences. Um, I mean, his, his control of, of sort of most of the party institutions now is pretty solid. But, you know, people who for the last five years have been leaving the party in their droves it's like that, that's what he wants you to do. Mm. He doesn't want you to be in the party. He doesn't want that brand of politics in the party because it makes his life harder. Yes, if you're going to achieve a majority, but you've got, but your majority is diminished by a subsect of the party who aren't going to vote in line with the whip, then mm. there's not really that much point in achieving an overall majority, is there? Mm. You might as well go into coalition with, say, the One Nation Conservatives who might share some of your values. <laughs> I think it was about retaining your seats under a Peace and Justice Project banner for anyone but Corbyn, I think, would be quite difficult. Absolutely. Extremely difficult. Yeah. But, I mean, we still don't know. The selection hasn't happened for Islington North, has it? So we don't know who is going to be on the ballot. We don't know who Labour are putting forward. I, I suspect that's why he is holding off from announcing that he'll run under the Peace and Justice banner because he's still able to receive all of the literature you'll know about the selection process. Mm. You'll be privy to all of it if you're a member of the Labour Party. Mm. But the second that you're out... They kill you. Yeah. <laughs> they hand you over they to any They west you. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think, we, I think we... As... This is damning on the rest of the, of the British population, but as some of the more informed people in the British population about British politics, you know, the idea... I think it's, it stretches... The idea of credulity that a lot of people, you know, would look at a voting slip and be like, well, oh, um, John McDonnell or, or is a bad example. Richard Bergen's a good example, right? You know, someone who, if you're tuned into politics, you, you're aware of, but let's say he's your constituency MP and you look down the list and you go, oh, well, Richard Bergen's there. So I'm bloody well going to vote for him, even though he's not associated with the Labour Party, because I love Richard Bergen yeah. and I love his politics and what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In reality, the vast majority of people, they do not look at the name, and this is not the right way to handle this, by the way, because, you know, in a first-past-the-post system, technically speaking, you should be voting for the candidate. Mm -hmm. But they go and they go, who, who has Labour next to their name? Who has Conservative next to their name? Who has Lib Dem next to their name? And that's how they decide their vote, because they're, in reality, they are voting for a party rather than the individual candidate that's going to be representing them for the next parliamentary cycle. There was a seat where the Liberal Democrats just missed out on winning it, because another party was running called the Literal Democrats. <laughs> That's good stuff. Quite like that ballot box. Pranks. <laughs> Hijinks. Absolutely. I think that would throw me off. Well, 
Voting for the Lib Dem. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It was circumstance, but it will affect you. Yeah. Uh, have you but, ever spoiled your ballot? Uh, we are we talking about? You don't have to ask the question like if you don't no, answer. I'm not. Pick the winner every single time. <laughs> <laughs> I've, never lo- I've never lost an election like or the, a referendum. Like the Sun newspaper. <laughs> like the Sun newspaper. Whoever Ed yeah. Campbell votes for. Absolutely. I'm the decider. It just keeps happening. <laughs> I don't know. Seems I'm in charge, guys. Johnson, 2019. <laughs> May, 2017. Yeah. Brexit, 2016. There was a period when I was about 18 to about 20, I just voted all the time because I had Scottish elections general elections, European. two referendums, European Council. It was exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I had democracy fatigue. <laughs> You've recovered now. Oh, absolutely. I love voting now because I don't do it very much or as often as I used to. Mm. We should do like one of those really um, kitsch sort of pieces that's like dogs of polling stations. <laughs> yeah, we should. That'd be great. But it's like illegal dogs of polling stations. <laughs> XL bullies. <laughs> we put the XL bullies. Oh my god, have you seen the um, good election day thing? It's like muzzles. You go, like, go oh, around with an XL bully, yeah, just... trying to get photographers to take photos of you. <laughs> my dog's really cute. Put it in the photo feature. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see? In, um, you know, Scotland haven't banned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. HL XL bullies. Um, now Scotland are like, whoa, 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 stop bringing them up here. There's going to be more XL bully attacks. But that, that, I mean, why didn't they follow on with that legislation? I think because they thought it was cruel. I think that was the argument. Well. It is cruel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is cruel. It is cruel. But, you know, now they've, they've got a bit of a problem. <laughs> now they're like, oh, shit. They, they, they're not, they're not going to reintroduce wolves to Scotland. It's going to be XL bullies yeah. roaming. George Mombio. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wringing his hands. Packs of XL bullies. <laughs> Culling the deer. <laughs> but now they've got... I'm toddlers. <laughs> oh, there's been an overpopulation of Scotland. There's been sources. They've got the cruelest conundrum now on their hands because when England banned them, at least you could go... England and Wales, you could go to Scotland, right? Mm-hmm. Scotland, you... Nowhere to go. Absolutely. They're going to have to go into the North Sea. <laughs> You've got to send them... Put on like a Viking funeral. Just push it out towards Norway. You put them all on the oil rigs outside Aberdeen. Oh my god. It's there. <laughs> it's there with a flaming bow and arrow. Just fucking let's go. Absolutely. Alpha paper it. And it goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a really dark joke that I think you two might have missed. <laughs> did what did you say? Did you I didn't what you said. <laughs> really, Alpha paper it. Alpha paper was a oil rig in the 80s that like, just had the most awful um, rig explosion. That sounds hilarious. Yeah, right. hundreds died. Really poor taste for me. <laughs> but but shows a, got, another example of yeah, the Scottish ignorance. I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah. the wider British media. Sorry, so there was an oil rig explosion in Scotland that killed hundreds of people. Yeah, it's one of the, I think it's one of the worst in history. Well, that sounds terrible. It's, actually, in, in fairness, I didn't know about it at all either. Oh, well, until, fuck it. Here he is. Until I was on the... Lecturing us. I was on the Old Firm Facts podcast two years ago, three years ago. Humble and brag. Mm. Brag. And not humble, just brag. And... Um, the other guest, her dad survived it, and he was a massive. Oh, fuck it he's, he's a massive Clyde FC fan. I think it was Clyde. Let's say, I, I'm going to say it was Clyde, and he seemingly said so. He was married with children at the time, but seemingly the only motivation he had to keep his head above water was because he thought I might one day see Clyde lift the European Cup. 
I mean, it's funny. It's all funny. It's a good game. It, it worked. He survived. I was going to say, imagine how, like, okay, it will suck to die in the explosion. Oh, yeah. But uh, imagine fucking surviving. But all your friends are dead. And then you're just in the wreckage of an oil rig yeah, in the be, fucking North yeah, Sea. And burning burnt. oil around you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awful. How long was he in the sea for, do we know? I think it was like 12 hours, maybe. Uh, it might, that might be, might be an overstatement, but it was hours. Because that's the thing. You're at fucking sea as well. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. tread water for the North Sea. Like, there's um, you'd freeze. Maybe it was in summer? I don't know. Fucking... No, Leo didn't last very long, did he? When Rose, when Rose like, West was lying on that big door in the, in the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> he was gone in minutes. Pushing the children off. <laughs> no, but there was, a, there, was a big, there was a big fire. So actually, that would actually probably contribute to not freezing. The heat from that. No. If you're in the water... It's a combination. I cold. Think the, well, the, the, the water probably heated up to certain... Lads, jump think, in! The water's you think, lovely! <laughs> you think the sea... <laughs> supposed to be Heated Mediterranean up. right now. Yeah. From the rig explosion. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm not doing any reflection on that statement. The sea the temperature changed massively. No, genuine, genuine question, though. Like, how they survived that long? Yeah. He I'm told gonna, you. I'm gonna, yeah, but I don't believe him. <laughs> the sea heated <laughs> up. <laughs> I'll look into that after the podcast. Maybe, maybe, I imagine there's an... He was, I don't think he was just thrown from the thing. Was I he still on the, on there, the was a, there was a fire... And imagine there's a va- there must be evacuation things, and they must be like take this boy or this. You would have thought they would rate, plan for something rate. like that. You'd hope so. Yeah, you would have thought. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Should we end it on the oil disaster? Nothing about the post office from you once again. Absolutely. Your silence. Deafening from silence astounding. from Ed Davies' son, yeah. Holly Dugmore. <laughs> <laughs> That is Absolutely. the most insulting thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> Total rhubarb. It's the politics show. Cast. How extraordinary is it that Private Eye has been wanging on about this for decades, literal decades, and Westminster has only now perked up because there's been a fucking ITV drama about the thing? I don't think that's fair. Because if you watch the ITV drama, you'll see that there are many MPs who are integral to the... Nadim Zahawi playing himself. Yes. That's a mental thing to do. I actually, I quite like that. Sorry. 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 He plays himself. Yeah. Look at you, private. Oh, I only read private. I don't, I don't watch that. linear television. I hate linear television and dramas. <laughs> Wait, you both said you don't watch linear television. <laughs> so I you were just lying. Yeah. You, no. were pre- you were pretending to not watch TV because it makes you sound cool. But you no, both really watch this TV. cover to cover. I well, actually haven't watched this. I read the private eye report. I actually don't have a TV. So wait, wait, who are you taking the piss out of then? Me or you? You, I guess. But you're the same guy. I, di- I disagree with your sentiment. I disagree with the sentiment. I think Westminster has been Fucking paid attention. Cop out. As they talk about, they talk about the, like it has. You can't, you can't say that it's been occupying the same amount of fucking brain space or oxygen that it has the, for the last week. No, definitely not. Sorry, I mean I, when you said Westminster, um, I think well, I don't mean some it's like M- been ignored. MP, MPs have. I think some MPs have done very it well. It did take a long time for them for them to yes. fucking get on. James Arbuthnot, a lord yeah. now, isn't he? Uh, Lord Arbuthnot. What an interesting surname as well. Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? To get I like your... when you learn a new surname. Yeah. Where does that come from? Yeah. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Learn a lot today. And then... Fire heats up the sea. <laughs> How to pronounce Arbuthnot? <laughs> that was a real stab in the dark. I'm just taking your word for it. Um, and, but then I think the, the, I think it's, it's a damning statement of like journalism, isn't it? The just private eye have done this. And then, and now it's front page across. 
a, tw- a decades-old scandal. Is I don't want to be rude, but did you, is this the first you're hearing about the Horizon scandal? No. no. Right, so what are you talking about? No, but, but without sounding like a ginormous dick, we are far more involved in and interested in these things than the majority of people. Like, it's, not the first, it's not the first time I've heard of it, because I read a lot more papers than most people. I consume far more news media than most people. But the point is, unless you're incredibly plugged in, you're not catching it. I don't agree with that. But I think what, what has happened here is that it was on ITV. And I think ITV is the key, right? Because you tap in to the 55 to 75-year-olds in this country, right? The 69ers. Yeah. <laughs> women. Women. They 69 as well. Ed, and I think... <laughs> Keep on. That's, that's where you're hitting it. Are they the six or the nine? They're the nine. They can be both. Can there be both. is a reason that prime ministers and leaders of the opposition are desperate to get onto this morning. And it's because they know they're speaking directly into the, the homes of England, right? You're mm. not in this, okay? This is not about you. Those also watch... Um, no, they don't. They don't have TVs. Is... They're still recovering from the oil rig explosion, <laughs> <Yeah>. Ed. <laughs> Their economy never recovers. They still don't have power. Their, their Excel bullies have devastated the televisions in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> you can't show any signs you're inside your house because they'll burst in and kill you. Do you know Orwell's politics of the English language? You talked about this very recently. I did, but it's because the last time I spoke to you, I'd read it that morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you know about this? <laughs> <laughs> have you heard? That is actually pretty much what happened. <laughs> All right, anyway. You know when you... You know when he's in there and he's talking about he's talking about Middle England, right? Mm-hmm. A man has his letterbox and he has his his house and that's his land and that's his his kingdom, right? That's the man you're speaking to when you're on ITV. It has more cut through than anyone could ever dream mm-hmm. of. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when something like this, the Horizon scandal, is on there and you've got I can't remember his name, the guy who played Anne Bates, but Toby he's like. Jones. Yeah, he's the most ITV character of all time. And that girl from Emmerdale was the wife. What's her name? Toby I don't know. Jones? I thought he died recently. No. I don't know who you're thinking of. Toby Jones is very much dead. Well, even if he is dead, he, this would have been recorded months ago. Anyway, they just went like... <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> Wait, he's alive! <laughs> Everybody! <laughs> Ghost! <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's made that noise three times in the podcast because it's the same noise for the woman asleep on the crane. <laughs> Both is frightening. Both is absolutely The apparition terrifying. of Toby Jones on an ITV drama. <laughs> Similarly shocking as waking up at the end of a crane. Turning it on and off, but you think it will, be, it will kill him? I'm sorry, Toby. <laughs> sorry, back to your point, Ava. I'm just saying, you just you, they just went like, bullseye. I think that's kind of the point I'm making, though, is that it, it, the scandal is the scandal. It does, and it, And it's kind of... I think it's damning that it required the the ITV drama for for other news editors to be like, well, this will now lead the program. You know what I mean? Because it's been on ITV. Did, yeah, they did this every year though with an ITV drama. They did it with the guy who faked his own death in the canoe. Mm. They did it with um, Coffee Major, and everyone talked about the Coffee Major for ages. They kind of, they kind of, White House Farm. They, they, they dramatized kind of, those. Oh my god, White House! We did not stop talking about that for ages, White House did we? Farm. Yeah. I've not heard of that. Uh, we, you don't get it up in Scotland, as we said. So. <laughs> What's a farm? <laughs> what is a house? We're hunter-gatherers still. <laughs> Did you know that Ed commutes here every day from Glasgow? Yeah. How long does it take you to walk? Fucking hell. <laughs> People would get really angry if they thought I flew every day from Glasgow. 
Would they be more or less angry about that than the fact that you're Alistair Campbell's son? Yeah, probably more angry about the Alistair Campbell's thing. Well, mm. What about two English people making fun of you for being Scottish? How do you think that yeah, would Yeah, not going to break. I, I, I want to be honest with you. Of all the jokes that have been made on this podcast, I don't think it's the anti-Scottish ones that are going to provoke the most <laughs> uproar. Just a little fair warning to the both of you. I don't think those are the ones that people are going to have a problem with. What did I say? You joined in. With what? You know what. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The hot sea. <laughs> Jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams. But no, but it does heat the ocean. Heats the ocean. <laughs> and then climate change science got really bad. What were you about to do? <laughs> Ava's bailed on a joke, listeners. Classic. Yeah. Uh, absolute fucking coward. No, I was going to make a 9-11 joke and I thought it better not. Yeah. Is that worse than saying? Time horizon for that. Is that, that's, that we've discovered the sweet spot. Oscar Pistorius, too soon. Fred and Rose West, okay. 9-11, that's around about the cutoff. I think 9 is fine to joke about. Do you remember 9-11? No, I don't. I do, do you? Yeah. Yeah. We were a couple of years older than me. My teacher put it on in the classroom. <laughs> so, like, that's why. I was... Your teacher put it on in the classroom? Yeah. That's insane. Was like, check, check this out. Look what's happening in America. Put on the TV. <laughs> so <laughs> he obviously wanted to watch it. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was four. Yeah. I was four. So I was I eight. How does that work? Four years I was born in 1993. Okay. So, and your birthday's before mine. In the year. Actually, I would have been seven. Yeah. Because my eighth birthday would have been two days later. What would celebrate? No. <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> I was laughing at him. My friend uh, did a postgrad at Columbia and said, she said, she came, I was like, she came back and I was like, how, how was it? And she's like, I'm afraid the universities have gotten too woke. And I was like, what were you talking about? And she said, in a lecture in Columbia in New York City, people were like, just earnestly talking about how America deserved 9-11. And it was in like an earnest point being made in the story. That, I mean, that makes total sense because people on TikTok really meant it. They really were defending Osama bin Laden's letter oh, to yeah, America. They really were. Um, they were like... I, I just sort of love the function of like, do you know when you can like green screen something and then people are speaking in front of it? Oh, like doing a video essay and then they're like... Yeah. And yeah. it was literally like a picture of Osama. <laughs> and you're like, this man, <laughs> Six, he knew something. Six foot five <laughs> gamer. Yeah. Murdered by Marines. <laughs> Fa- famously, Osama bin Laden was the outdoor gamer. <laughs> <laughs> Would we have been Laden on the podcast? One hundred percent. Yeah, they would. Open invite. Absolutely. Asama, if you ever want to come on, <laughs> you watch him. The invite's there. You watch him, Team America. And the puppet comes up. He's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another thing that happened to my friend in Colombia was someone had a Halloween party and someone came as the policeman from the village people. So like asked this chap's like thing. And they were asked to leave because they were making light of police brutality. How far we've fallen. Absolutely. Can't even wear assless chaps and not in trouble for <laughs> these days. Yeah, I think physical greatness. I've, d- I've dressed up as the policeman from the village people. Whoa, I think you're going to have to leave the podcast, buddy. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Okay. Happy? I think that we've been going for quite some time. Yeah, we have. Good work, run. Pleased? Yeah. Cool. We're going to have some. We should have a discussion about the 
the jokes <laughs> after this. I stand by them. <laughs> you can't chicken out this time. I'm you've not... done that before. You've been funny in here, and then you've gone upstairs and chickened out. What? Look who's talking. What have I done? Yeah, you've cut. You've also cut stuff. We've all cut stuff. What have I cut? I don't want to see now. No, come on. You do laughed it. at something you shouldn't have laughed at in the last episode. Do you remember? I don't remember that. Did you cut that out? I was. You asked me to cut it out. No, I wasn't being serious. Oh. oh I really on. wasn't. I really wasn't. Come on. Put it out right now. Put it out right fucking now. <laughs> yeah. Shall I, shall I close it out? Yeah, nice. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening to the Politics Joe podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. See you in the subreddit. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.